welcome back to Conspiracy Club. We are so happy that you've joined us. I'm Tom. And I'm Emir, who is excited after a break. I don't wait. No, we technically did not do a break. We haven't taken a break at all. Not yet. No. No. <laughs> We're back. Uh, make sure to grab a copy of the minutes so you can follow along with us. Our first and only order of business is the exploration of the unsolved and mysterious. This week, that brings us to one of the most oddly dangerous places in the world. Its danger exists in a very different way than you might expect. It's not like the irradiated landscape surrounding Chernobyl, the frightening passage that is the Bermuda Triangle, or even like the cruel Russian winter that we encountered last week. No, this danger exists in middle America, in the tiny town of Skidmore, Missouri. Wow, man. It just sounds, that's such a nasty name for a city. Skidmore? Yeah. I think about prostitution when I hear that name. Like you said, you said it sounded like Skid Row. That's exactly what I think of. I just think of drugs and sadness. But it's a very tiny town. As like I posted it on the Twitter uh, at Tom and Emir, if you want to you know, get on that. I posted it. Like the town on the map, because like I looked, I just jumped on Apple Maps and I was like, where's the Skidmore Missouri? And it's only like four hours, I mean, 11 hours away. Yeah, you want to take a road trip? 11 hours and 29. I couldn't send a car with you that long. <laughs> but it's like, there's literally, looking at it right now, there's like four streets. Yeah, it's very tiny. Which is kind of remarkable that there's so much stuff that happened there that it warrants an episode. Here's something for you before we get into the episode. Um, since it is a, such a small town that we've mentioned, uh, and like as you can imagine, there's going to be a ton of crazy stuff that happens. Um, one of the actual theories about kind of why there's so much bad stuff in such a small place, you'd think it'd be pretty low in terms of like crime rate and that kind of thing. The idea is that you live in the middle of nowhere in a tiny town. There's nothing to do. So people just do drugs and lose their minds a little bit. And ain't nothing wrong with that, man. Well, that's debatable. Skidmore is far from a bustling metropolitan area. The population there only ranges from 250 to 450 people. But despite that small nature of this tucked away town, it has been home to a remarkably high crime rate. There are a few cases in particular that exemplify just how odd Skidmore is. The first of which involves murder. I mean, I would figure in a small town that they would murder people. people but also, up. I mean, yeah, you know, someone getting stabbed in the lunchroom. At the same time, I feel like it's such a small town that you wouldn't want to kill anyone because you're like, there's not many of us, man. So this murder also happens to be the first major murder case to ever happen in Skidmore, and it happened in 1981. The victim, Ken McElroy, a local resident and fiendish terrorizer. For Ken, Skidmore wasn't just his home, it was the place that he inflicted himself upon day after day for years. Over the course of his life, McElroy was accused of a plethora of felonies such as assault, child molestation, statutory rape, arson, hog and cattle rustling, and burglary. So much so, that he was indicted for these crimes 20 times, but was never convicted of any of them. Alright, so in this list of things he's done, two of these things don't sound like the others. You got assault, which, okay, alright. 
child molestation. Okay, all right, all right, all right. Career criminal right here. Statutory rape. Michael Jordan of crime right here. Arson. <laughs> all righty, okay. He's going for it. He's going for 30. Burglary. All righty, okay. He's still doing some hog and cattle rustling. I don't even know what that means. Is he? I don't know. Is he kind of like? Is he? Is he wrestling the hogs and cattle? Get down and go like, come on, what's uh, gonna have me a hog and some cattle? I mean, I hope he's not fucking the hog and cattle. Oh, you never know. He's pretty gross. Yeah, but at the same time, that's wild. And the fact he's indicted for these crimes twenty times just screams how small. Is he okay? I wouldn't be shocked if he was, like, the son of the police chief. No, he's not. Well, so you might be asking then, how is it possible that in such a small town like Skidmore, Ken's reign of terror was able to continue at such a length? The simple answer is intimidation. Witnesses were too afraid to testify against him. Ken would stalk them by parking his truck outside their homes at night and watching. Yeah, but this is the type of town where I feel like you could just shoot someone and no one would care. They could have shot Ken. McElroy still managed to father over 10 kids in Skidmore with several women. He met his last wife when she was 12 years old. Trina McLeod became pregnant at 14, dropped out of school, and went to live with Ken McElroy and his third wife, Alice. Ken then divorced Alice and married Trina to escape statutory rape charges. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, it is pretty gross. This is an... In the 80s, too. Oh. Wait, how would he avoid statutory rape charges? Because I guess if you're married to them, how is it statutory rape? Who would allow him to get married? I thought parents had to sign off. Everyone's afraid of him. Oh, come on. I I would have to see how he looks. Yeah? He has to be one of those frightening whites (laughs) for me to be like. What's a frightening white? Give me an example. Come on, man! You, you ever, uh, you ever looked Charlie Sheen in the eyes? <laughs> Not personally, but I know what he looks like. Yeah, there it is. Like someone where you know, like a white guy where you know when some white guys say over my bed, I mean over my dead body, and it's like a a joke. Yeah. But then there's other ones that say over my dead body, and you can kind of feel the energy in the room change. Yeah. <laughs> One of those ones. Okay, gotcha. I like that, the frightening whites. Yeah, look here, Trina. I will kill you. Well, think about this, too. She's 12 at the time, or 14, when she becomes pregnant. So that that's like, she's a child. Yes, she is. She's not, she's in middle school. Yeah, so she dropped out in ninth grade, is when she dropped out, but she got pregnant in eighth grade. Oh, that's so gross. That is so gross. Yeah, yeah. I hope he dies a gruesome death. McElroy was a predator, and although he managed to lure these women into marriages several times, they were hardly happy. Just over two weeks after Trina gave birth to her child, she and Alice fled to Trina's parents' home, only for McElroy to track them down and bring them back. He then returned to the home of Trina's parents while they were away, killed their dog, and burned their house down. No, 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 no. Killed the dog and burned their house down? Yeah. That is that is too far. I told you, people are afraid of him. No, hold on, let me get this right. Fuck his daughter, get her pregnant. 
who's you fuck his 12 year old daughter get her pregnant then when you're doing the right thing as a parent and getting her out of that terrible situation not only do they come back and bring the kids his wife and this daughter back he burns their house and kills their dog yeah i would have killed him too dude well also note this that trina married um married ken and then at this point trina is still living with ken and ken's wife that he divorced so that he could marry trina he's basically got two wives right now i would have murdered ken so so quickly and it's the 80s too especially if i'm white i'm gonna be honest with you (laughs) is it 82 you're white you rule the world Go to work. Like I said, he's got this grasp on this talent. Everyone's too afraid to speak up. Go. I'd move at this point. You would think, yeah. You burned the house down. I'm just going to move out of Skidmore. Once, one of McElroy's children was caught shoplifting some candy at a local store owned by Ernest Bo Bowenkamp and his wife, Lois. McElroy did not take kindly to the accusation and began to stalk the couple which reached its boiling point when Ken threatened Ernest in the back of his store with a shotgun, where he then shot Ernest in the neck. Luckily, Camp survived, and shortly after, McElroy was arrested and charged with attempted murder. He quickly made bail and continued his process of stalking and intimidating witnesses. You don't, I feel like you don't need to have witnesses when they guy shoot someone in the neck. You just be like, oh, it was an accident. He had the gun. I didn't have it. The cops in Skidmore are awful. So he does push. He does. So he makes bail. So he does get charged. He does get um, indicted. And it's believed that he's going to be charged for this crime. Okay. Even Ken McElroy couldn't live a perfectly unmarred life. And he was eventually convicted of assault and sentenced to two years in prison. However, he was freed on bail pending his appeal, and immediately after being released, he went to the local bar with an M1 Garand rifle fit with a bayonet and made horrific remarks about what he wanted to do to Ernest Bowenkamp. The townspeople were at their wits' end as well. Several of the patrons approached the Nottaway County Sheriff, Dan Estes, to ask what they could do to end this, to which he suggested a neighborhood watch. He might as well have said lynch mob. That's probably actually what he really said, but he... They can't, you know, they didn't want to snitch on him, but he probably yeah. said, might as well just do a lynch mob and get him. <laughs> While he spit it in a trash can. Spit yeah. out his chewing tobacco. <laughs> tobacco? He's like, hold on, let me tell you. If if I'm just saying off the books, off the books, I'd lynch him. But that's just me. <laughs> that's just me. On the books? I do neighborhood watch, you know, you know, or it's like neighborhood watch, wink, 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 rope. Here it is. <laughs> what is this? 1812. Why does he have a M1 rifle with a bayonet? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> what does he, he do? I hope it's one of those rifles where you, I know it's not, but it would make me so happy if it was one of those ones where you had to pull. Well, to, as you see, M1 Garands are like from the 1940s, like World War II, and they used bayonets in World War II, but that's still 40 years ago. Exactly. I hope it's one of the ones where you have to pour like the like the gunpowder in it. 
dropped a musket. Yeah, a musket. He got to shove it in there. God, man. Old War was so dumb. So McElroy's bail hearing was delayed again, and on the morning of July 10th, 1981, a group of townspeople along with Sheriff Estes met the Legion Hall in town and discussed what they could do to protect themselves. Estes told the group not to directly confront him, but to definitely form a neighborhood watch. Estes then drove out of town, leaving the stewing townspeople behind, perhaps with the green light that they'd been waiting for. All right, so seeing July 10th, 1981, they're all meeting. Shade of Estes takes the stage. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. <coughs> Let me get some chew in for a second. All right, and there we go. I know everyone's asking me, what am I going to get done with McElroy? But you got to understand, the police system, or the, 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 the system, the justice system moves slow for when it comes to whites. It takes its time. Now, if he was black, he'd already be in jail or dead. But you got to understand, it moves slow for us whites. So what I'm saying is, I would form a neighborhood watch. But off the record, now this is off the record. This does not leave this room. If this leaves this room, there's not much I can do because this is a white town, but at the same time, if this leaves this room, I will be very upset. I just say you lynch him. Why not? Why <laughs> what do you what do you have to lose? What do you have to lose? Yeah, it's more it's more like form a neighborhood watch, everyone get together, confront him. And lynch the son of a bitch. Confront him. I'm gonna leave town for a little bit. Who's to say what's gonna be here when I come back? I'm gonna leave town. I'm also gonna leave this rope. <laughs> there's a nice tree out back I'm going to the next town I won't be back for about four hours I brought a hooker down the street <laughs> oh god I just say you lynch him what's the what, I mean what's the worst that can happen you get about six of you and you grab McElroy and you hang that some bitch and you never have to deal with him again you know, and then you burn his house down with a minute. Yeah. That's what I do. All right. I'm going to go back and uh, go by this hooker. I'm going to leave this right. I'm leaving the rope here, too. All right. Peace out. Mc, uh, uh, Estes out. Well, the angry mob flooded the bar while McElroy drank. Ken finished his drink bought a six-pack, and then went out to his truck with Trina. At this point, two men opened fire on the vehicle, and McElroy was hit twice, dying instantly. Hold on, hold on. Why was a 14-year-old in the bar? I have no idea, because this, this is a tiny little podunk town. Also, they were like, look, I don't care if we, if we kill Trina. We are killing this man. <laughs> She can die too, but we are definitely killing this man. Well, uh, spoiler alert, she doesn't die. Uh, well, of course. There were a few dozen witnesses to this shooting, including McElroy's own wife, who was in the truck with him, but was unharmed. Only Trina claimed to identify a gunman. The rest of the group was unable to name the shooter, and the DA declined to press charges. 
There was then a federal investigation that also did not lead to any charges. <laughs> Ironically, this is the same group that witnessed Tupac Shakur's shooting, <laughs> and they also couldn't identify any killer. But at the same time, Sheriff Estevez is definitely not pressing charges. He probably said, yeah, yeah, I'm going to look, look, I'm going to look, I'm going to find out who did this. But I got to buy this hooker first. I'll, I, this hooker first. Es, let, let me be honest. McElroy sucked. He had to die. He had to die. And then the federal, the feds, the El Federales probably went and they did some research and seen how much he sucked and then said, nah, we didn't see anything either. I mean, this is probably like everybody knows who killed him. So there's they believe it's believed the only name that's ever been put out as to be the shooter is this guy named Del Clement. But none of the people there will ever say who shot him. They're all just like, yep, it's done. And some people I heard talk about it say that it's because no one ever the person that ever shot him never spoke up later on, you know, or anything like that, because there was no glory in it. It was just like they killed them and they were all like, all right, it needed to be done. And there's no glory in it. It just had to be done. It had to be done. Let's not even talk about it. And he killed him. He was the one who did it. That's why it's the only name because he was the one who for, he yelled his name as he did it. It was me. I killed you. So well, so first of all, it wasn't just one shooter though because because two men opened fire and we know this because there was two different that he got hit twice and with two different bullets. That is amazing and deserved. But, but only one name has been put out there and even then he didn't get he didn't have any charges pressed against him or anything like that. Because the other guy probably was like, look, dude, I don't want any of the glory. And then the other guy kind of wanted a little bit of credit. And the 45 other people there are like, I didn't see anything. Definitely did not see anything. Yep, they pulled, a, they pulled the old McElroy. Didn't see anything. It's fine. It's deserved. I would have did the same thing. So the only thing that ever came about from this case later was that on July 9th, 1984, Trina filed a $6 million wrongful death lawsuit against Skidmore, Nottoway County, Sheriff Estes, the mayor of Skidmore, Steve Peters, and Del Clement, who Trina claimed was the shooter. This case was settled out of court for $17,600, but still no one admitted guilt. Poor Trina, dude. Well, I was also like, come on, you're going to sue these people? This dude sucked. You know he sucked. Well, she probably, it's like, it was definitely probably like a... You know, she was a Stockholm Syndrome situation, you know? Like, she's, this is all, the guy is all she's known since she was 12, you know? Yeah. Like, when you're 12, dude, you could be manipulated by anyone, so I can see why. Plus, you gotta get some cheddar out of it, dude. Come on now. Yeah, whatever, get that bag. Yeah, get that bag. Hey, I can't hate on that. She got 17000 That's a lot in Skidmore. So eventually she moves out of Skidmore. She moved to Lebanon, actually. And then she ends up dying at age 55 due to cancer. How did she get to Lebanon? I don't know. I didn't look anything into else, but I was like, that seems like an extreme overcorrection. Yes. That is, okay, that was wild. Well, it would only be 16 years before Skidmore was again rocked by a brutal crime. On October 16th, 2000, Greg Dragoo beat and dragged his girlfriend, Wendy Gillenwater, down several back roads, leading to her death. Dragoo was charged with murder and given a life sentence. 
So by 2000, the cops had gotten it together. Like I always say, the police didn't start actually kind of doing their jobs till around the 90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anytime before then, it was the wild, wild west. Well, yeah. it's So actually, the, uh, the Ken McElroy, his killing... It's considered one of the most prominent um, cases of modern vig- uh, modern vigilante justice to ever occur. I can see that. I love that his last name is Dragoo. I know. It's so terrible. It is. It's like almost cool, but then it has goo in it. Yes. And I'm so mad that he, he had to be the one who killed. Like, come on, man. You're wasting your name. Well, it wouldn't even be a year after that that Skidmore was again the center of a serious case. On April 11, 2001, Branson Perry, a 20-year-old local of Skidmore, went missing. That day, Perry had asked a friend to come over to help him prepare for his father's return from the hospital two days later. Branson and his friend worked on the inside of the house, and the two men worked outside to replace a broken alternator on his father's car that had gone out the day before. The car was parked on the street in front of a storage shed next to the Perry home. At one point, Perry walked out to the storage shed and was never seen again. Okay, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't either. The town's only got two, like t- about 300 people. He just disappeared. No one ever saw anything. So in a town of only 300 people, we got one guy get murdered by the whole town and another person who murdered his wife and now another person disappeared. We've lost lost three people in this town already. <laughs> Yeah. You, would, you would think in this town they'd be like, we cannot afford to lose anyone. You'd also think like three murders already? Come on, what is going on here? Exactly. It's, yeah, kind of close together, these murders. I mean, so there's these ones are a year apart, the last two. They're, but they're 15 years after the McElroy one. This town, I, if I was in this town, I'd close it down for a bit. Yeah. Just shut it down for Should just I a cancel it. Yeah, just cancel the town for a bit. Alright, I feel it. So, Branson's mother, uh, who he did not live with, Rebecca Kleino, has posted about the incident, but the details remain elusive. Allegedly, the friend saw Branson run into the kitchen and take something out of the cabinets before running back outside. When he returned, he wouldn't say what he was doing and acted like nothing had happened. However, Later, the friend claimed she saw one of the men who had been working on the car going through the kitchen cabinets. When the friend asked what he was doing, the man said it was nothing and went back outside. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's yeah, weird, weird stuff. stuff. He just shows up, he's like, Yeah, no, I, got, uh, 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 I just need something. And then he leaves out. I'm guessing it was a gun or maybe knife or I no drugs. Idea. I don't know. One's out. Comes back in like nothing happened. Then other guy comes. Is he already disappeared by the time another guy comes in? I I assume he has not. Okay, so then he. That's weird. I don't know about that one. Or maybe he had, and they just hadn't realized he'd been gone yet. Yeah, I don't know about that. That's weird. When police arrived, their investigation was also befuddling. They determined that nothing of Branson's was missing. His van, wallet, and all his personal belongings were left behind. The men working in the car never saw Branson go to the shed. It's believed that he was possibly lured away by someone he knew. I would figure after the other guy comes in to see 
going through the cabinets. I guess I'm guessing this that's the same guy. I'm gonna be honest, Branson was murdered, fam. You think so? Well, he was. I'll, I'll cut. To, uh, I'll just tell you the end of this. Um, he's never found, and uh, it's he's likely dead. Yeah, he was murdered. There is one more addition to this case. In 2004, Jack Rogers, who was a former minister, was sentenced to 30 years in prison for child pornography and for cutting off a man's genitals. Reportedly, a year before his arrest, he was bragging online about raping and murdering Branson Perry. He never referred to Branson by name, but his physical description and location fit the case to a T. The police confronted him on this issue, but Rogers claimed it was only a fantasy. The police searched Rogers' yard for evidence, he remained the prime suspect for years, but nothing was ever found. First off, two things. Well, okay, three things. You want to get 30 years in prison for child pornography? And cutting off a man's dick? <laughs> I guess so. Jesus. What is going on in this town? And then two, he out here taking people's butts? <laughs> That's fucked, man. And come on, he did it. Jack did it. Yeah, it certainly seems that way, but you'd think they would have found something. Honestly, if I was a judge in Skidmore, I would just do that on there. I would just yeah. give him life just because. I. It's the same thing like if I had the OJ trial, the sec, like when OJ ended up coming back mm-hmm. for the uh, stealing his own memorabilia, I would have just gave him life just because. Oh, yeah, just because you know? Yeah, just because, look, man. You shouldn't have came back here. So in, in Jack's case, I'd be like, if he's even talking about anything that has to do with anything illegal, I'm giving him life. <laughs> Just because and his name is Jack Rogers. Another waste of a good name. That's what I thought, too. Yeah, he sounds like he like races, like, I don't know, like, planes or something. Unfortunately, Skidmore's graphic history doesn't end there. On December 16, 2004, Bobby Joe Stinnett, 24 years old and 8 months pregnant at the time, was murdered in her home. The killer was 36-year-old Lisa Montgomery, who strangled Bobby to death before cutting out her unborn child and running off with it. The next day, Lisa was arrested at her farmhouse in Kansas, where she claimed the baby was her own. The baby, which survived, was returned to her father. Montgomery was able to be caught so quickly due to computer forensics, which tracked the two's online communication that shows that the two were friends who bred rat terriers and attended dog shows together. This town is fucked. I know, isn't that crazy? They're all like brutal to crime. It's never like, it's never like, well, we shot, I mean, I guess with the McElroy one, but like everything leading up to that was terrible. It's never just like, I shot him or something, or I stabbed him. It's like, we dragged him down country roads or we killed her and then we cut her child out. It's just like that's incredibly wild. Brutal. Kills her, cuts her child out, and the baby lives. Holy crap! I, like, how would you even feel if you're the like, as a father? I guess you'd be happy because, like, you'd have your. I mean, you'd be happy because you have your child and like you have something to remember your wife by. But still, like, holy crap! These guys are. I would never live in this town, dude. <laughs> Ever. At a pre-trial hearing, a neuropsychologist testified that Montgomery had sustained head injuries years before, which may have damaged the part of her brain which controls aggression. 
she was still found guilty and sentenced to death. Exactly. Deserved. Deserved. I don't care if, like, oh, like, oh, she's she might be not able to control her anger. I don't care, judge, dude. If you go that far, that's wild. Like, yeah. that's not even just murder. That's, like, you cut her baby out. With a, like, come on, fam. And weirdly enough, Wendy Goenwater and Bobby Joe Stinnett were cousins of Branson Perry. So that, I mean, I okay, come on, that town is small. As you say, it's, a, it's likely a product of being a small town, but still. Yeah, that's that's not that bad. But at the same time, also. She has not, she has, well, she's got sentenced to death, and she uh, has not, as of when I did the research, she had not been uh, killed yet. Which, I don't know how, in this town, they should be able to get that done quick. It's not like they have, like, a long list of people on death row. I don't think it works exactly like that, but yeah, you'd think. I mean, like, I I would understand that, like, a list. Like, in some places, like, it's a long time. Some people would be on there for, like, 50 years. But at the same time, I kind of enjoy it because, like, I like them not knowing when they're going to go. Like, I like someone just showing up one day, like, yep, yep. Today's the day. Today's the day. What do you want to eat? Uh... You want to die first, or you want to have your meal? Like, what's the deal? It's deserved. This town sucks. I wouldn't, ugh. They should just close Skidmore. Just call yeah. it a day. It, they had a nice little run, but call it a day. It's perfect to be in Missouri, though, because no one else goes there. Well, no, actually, people do. People do. Shout out to everyone who listens in Missouri. I love everyone. Yeah, it's weird, because... Missouri's actually a pretty big state. You got Kansas City and you have St. Louis. Oh yeah, okay. I take that back. Nelly's from Missouri. And without Nelly, we wouldn't have his hot and her. So I love and that town. You also have Skidmore, so Well look, it's hot in here, Skidmore. Uh, I'm leaning towards his hot and her. <laughs> Shout out to Missouri and St. Louis and the St. Lunatics. Yeah, hey, it is what it is. Nah, close it down. That's about all that's on the docket for Conspiracy Club this week. What do we have to look forward to next week, Amir? So next week, we're doing this event that took place in in Australia called the Emu War. It is not what you think it is. It is not a war between emus. It is something more, far more interesting than that. And I got to do the research for it because I forgot what it was about, <laughs> to be honest. A lot of times I just write stuff down on a giant list of things that I find interesting. And then I forget what they're all about. So I just have a bunch of topics that I don't remember. But <laughs> that one sounds interesting on my list. So I'm going to do it. I agree. Maybe, that sounds interesting. Maybe it's about Eastern Michigan going to war. We never know. We'll find out. Maybe. We'll find out. All right. Well, I will now bow out and allow you, Amir, to provide the closing remarks to adjourn this meeting. But be sure to come back next week and join the club by following us on Instagram and Twitter at Tom and Amir. Like we always say, you know, join the club. It's, it's, it's free to get in. You don't have to pay on the bright side. Skidmore is just a, it's a fook town. So yeah, peace out. Stay fooked.